Hello, it's 2021. Vaccines are here, travel is back in a big way, and so are we. Welcome to season three of The Trip That Changed Me, a podcast about transformative travel experiences brought to you by Full Time Travel and hosted by me, Esme Benjamin. In a few weeks, I will be leaving New York City and heading out on a very quintessential USA road trip with my husband and our dog. The plan is to blend work with national park adventures, cowboy towns, and weird roadside attractions. And at the moment, there is no set return date, which I kind of love. I'm really excited to be recording season three from some cool locations around the country, but still be bringing you the same amazing guests and inspiring travel stories. Stories that we hope will inspire your next life-affirming trip. Before my guest Adrian Bain became a triple threat storyteller, writing, podcasting, and performing live, she worked with baked goods. Specifically, she made pies at a bakery in Portland, Oregon. Disillusioned by her job, her city, and her toxic relationship, Adrian decided to travel from Mexico down to Peru. It was a trip that recalibrated her life entirely. Weeks into the journey, Adrian split from her boyfriend, discovered a passion and aptitude for storytelling, and began recording soundscapes and conversations from her travels. Audio that would become her podcast, Strangers Abroad. Since her trip through Central and South America, Adrian has performed in New York City, Los Angeles, and Toronto, including on the Best of Risk podcast and at the Speak Up Rise Up Festival. She boasts that her tales have galvanized women to book one-way tickets and caused grown men to faint. On this episode, we discuss using travel as an escape hatch when life isn't going the way you want it to, the joy of solo travel, and why she loves Utah more than any other state. Adrian, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. Finally, it's been a long I know. time coming. I know. It's, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. I think we first started talking in, wait, was it 2019 or was it 2020? I don't know. I remember that we were really talking like at the beginning of the pandemic because mm-hmm. I started doing like little pandemic episodes. And then I quickly realized that like no one really wants to hear more about this. Um, so it was only like a three. I think it was like all the interviews were really good, but I just was like, I think people are oversaturated with the COVID stuff. So then I, I mm-hmm. took a break and I was like, well, since 2020 is such a good year for travel, I think I'll just like relax and deal with my own anxieties around all of this. Absolutely. I think the last time we talked, I was on the sheep farm still. So I'm back in Brooklyn. <laughs> the sheep farm. I love it. I love that you yeah. did so much traveling during the pandemic as well. You saw a lot of things, but in a safe yeah. way. In a safe has way. to be said. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we did a bit of a road trip and we were really hesitant because like, I think that there was a little bit of like self-righteousness over like mm-hmm. who is doing the pandemic the best, yes, you know, who's yes. being the safest. And Sam, my partner and I, Sam has a car and he, we kind of did the math on it and we were like, we'll probably see less people driving across America than going to the grocery store in Brooklyn, you know? So like, which was kind of true. Like we stayed out in the middle of nowhere in Northern Arizona we really didn't see anyone, just like gas stations and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was the best that we could do. You know, we didn't get on a plane. So has travel always been important in your life? That's a great question. My family vacationed every single year, three hours away from our home. Like I never did Disney World. I never did like, oh, let's, I'm from upstate New York. So it's like, oh, let's fly out to California. Like we always did the same exact thing which now in hindsight, I really love because it's such a place of like safety for me. And like, I feel like I can fully relax up in the Adirondacks. And I knew I wanted something bigger in my life when I went to college, but I didn't really know what it was. And then when I was 19, I was like, I think I want to study abroad. And I had this really, really incredible study abroad advisor. Her name is Sarah Connolly. And she was like a spiritual guide for me. And she suggested that I go to Prague, which I am Czech. I have Czech heritage, but I like didn't know where that was on a map, but I knew it was more interesting than going to Paris 
Because right. if I was going to travel, I wanted to be different about it, but I didn't want it to be like so crazy. So I was like, Prague is weird. I don't even know where that is. Let's do it. And that that just that completely like shifted the axes for me. And I discovered that I, I loved exploring. I loved exploring by myself. Like it was a lot of I made friends when I was there, but it was also this really incredible opportunity to have a lot of like internal me time and like hear my, I feel like I can always hear my voice very clearly when I'm out of my home. And that was the first time that I, that I got that. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is an awesome hi. And I love just like talking to new people and, and hearing that their life has been going on parallel to mine. Like you just kind of, when you're a teen, you don't really realize how big the world is until you go out and you realize that there are billions of other people living completely different lives that have don't have anything to do with you. And it just burst my brain a little bit. And ever since I was like, this is all I want to be doing. There's this kind of a manifesto of sorts on your website. I'd love to read it and get your take. Oh my God. (laughs) I think I wrote that like six years ago. So I'm equally as excited to hear what it is. Hopefully when we cringe. Like... No, 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 no. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Adrian finds that travel often has more to teach us about ourselves and how the world actually works than staying in the familiarity of home. She has found that the conversations she's had with strangers have been just as impactful as the ones with her childhood friends. Adrian wants to encourage a new generation to reach their full potential by being bold enough to break from the conventional path and experiment with who they are. Hell yeah. I'm still into that. <laughs> still into it. <laughs> That's yeah, good. I like that. I feel like as a write, as a fellow writer, whenever I look back on stuff I've written even a couple of years ago, sometimes I'm like, oh God, it's oh yeah, <laughs> it's oh sad. yeah. There's um, like the constant editor brain. It's just exactly. Like going. But I think um, that's a good thing. It is. It is, and I, it's really clear even from that little snippet that you are a writer and a storyteller at heart. Did you always feel like storytelling was your calling, or was that something that came later? Oh, definitely came later. It's really interesting because I feel like at least before the pandemic, I'm I'm pretty elbows deep in the storytelling community in New York City. And I didn't even consider that until I was like 26. And it was the trip of going to Mexico and breaking up with my boyfriend, which I think we'll get into, that like definitely like pushed the domino down. Because before that, I had done acting my whole childhood teen years and I knew I would like get the leads and stuff but I knew I was a very big fish in a very small pond and for whatever reason acting didn't call to me when college came around like everyone was like oh she's gonna go to like you know Tish or something and I didn't even apply I didn't apply to anything and so I spent a few years like getting a psych degree and just like kind of being an uh, artist vicariously. I went to like a very intense art school, but I went for social sciences, Um, but I hung out with all our kids and I still, but I had this like create, like there was this creativity in me that was not being satiated. And I felt that really deeply. So I weirdly got into cooking for a really long time and I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a baker. And so then I moved out to Portland. What took you to Portland? So after I graduated college, I did the big like eight months in Europe and bits of Asia and Africa. And I like got that out of my system, like couch surfing, the gap hit- here. hitchhiking, like all of it. Just like I used an airplane blanket as a scarf, a towel, <laughs> a toga, a yoga mat. Like there was a certain level of grunge that I'm embarrassed to admit. And um and but it was great. It was so raw and it was so visceral. And that was definitely like I I just completely trusted other strangers and other people. And I threw myself into that. And I was still very like, again, like I felt like I could hear my voice very clearly. And I met some really incredible people on that trip. So then afterwards, I was like, I had this moment when I was backpacking. I was like, there's so many, I've been so grateful at such a young age to see so many beautiful things. And I knew I needed to see the other side of that. I knew that I could just kind of keep living in this like beautiful side of the world. And I knew the whole world wasn't like that. So I did an AmeriCorps program and that's why I got out to Portland. And 
I worked at an HIV day center. Wait, wait, sorry, what program is this? I haven't heard of this before. Oh yeah, so AmeriCorps is like the Peace Corps, if you're okay. familiar with that, but mm-hmm. it's in America. So you get dispatched all over. There's a ton of different programs. A lot of them are like working on national parks, but I wanted to do something in the social realm because I had a psych background. I was like, maybe I'll be a social worker. So I worked there and I lived with like seven other people in this house in Portland. And I, the, the living life was like really intense because the program kind of, only wanted us to hang out with each other. And I was like, I'm not that kind of a person. So I would go on all of these like secret OkCupid dates at like midnight, like when all of my roommates were asleep. Cause I was like, I kind of want to talk to other people. And so then I ended up meeting this guy who I would eventually go to Mexico with. And, um, but when I was in Portland, I did the AmeriCorps program. Then I lived there a little bit longer as a pie baker and I just was so... So wholesome. So wholesome and so unhappy. Like, <laughs> like so... Like, I thought that this is what I wanted to do. And the people who worked there were just not my... Not my people. And I was... I've never been more lonely than... And confused with what I wanted to do. And I just was like, I need a big change. So. That's how I bought a one-way ticket to Mexico and was like, there was a chocolate shop in Peru that I wanted to go to. So I was like, if I start in Mexico, maybe I could end up in Peru and I'll just like work my way down. There's definitely Um, a sweet tooth theme here from pies to chocolate. Girl, I can eat a sheet cake without (laughs) blinking. Like, I love sugar. (laughs) I could show you all the cavities in my mouth as well, but... uh, <laughs> so you mentioned that you had a boyfriend at the time. Tell me more about this because I know that it was a bit of a toxic relationship if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, absolutely not. It sounds like you were in a tricky place in your life in general. Yeah. Do you feel like you were drawn to this person in part because of that? That's a great question. I think I was so confused and stressed out by what I had gotten myself into in the AmeriCorps program because you're part of the deal with the AmeriCorps program is that you actually don't make money. You intentionally live under the poverty line. And my program was particularly intense because it was a Jesuit program. So there was like this whole spirituality component to it that I didn't really understand. Like the website said it's spirituality based. And I was like, well, I meditate sometimes. So does that (laughs) count? And I was, I was living with these like not hardcore Christians, but people who were like, would read Bible study. And to me, I, that was, that was very foreign and I didn't want to do that. And I wanted this like independence. So I was definitely acting out. And I think that the reason I ended up dating John, we can call him that because it's easy in his Mm -hmm. real name. The reason I ended up with John is because he just like had this more partier edge that I wanted. And he was also, he was incredibly intelligent. I don't, and there was just, I don't know, there was just some type of like connection there that I still can't really, it was really intense. And I liked that. And I felt like he was this good escape from what I had like thrown myself into because also I was, you know, like at night I would have to do these like, you know, community building activities with my roommates. And then during the daytime I would be interacting with individuals who had like lived through the AIDS crisis. And like, I would listen to all of their stories and it was like, there was a lot of, you know, like joy at my vocation, but at the same time, it was also really really emotionally taxing. And I learned, the program started in August and I learned by October that I did not want to be a social worker. Um, So I think I was definitely, I thought he was some type of social escape, but and I don't know. He just had this kind of confidence that at the time, like looking back on it, I realized he had this like inflated self-confidence mm. kind of in the way that like, you know, a uh, inflatable muscle man looks strong, but like one little prick and, and you can really deflate the whole thing. So it got toxic relatively 
probably like six months in, I think he was just as confused about his life as I was. So we just kind of like festered in this like rat's nest of confusion and insecurity and like didn't figure out how to get out of it. So I was like, oh, let's take a trip to Mexico and that'll fix everything. And there was something about crossing the border that helped me understand boundaries better Mm. and something about being in a completely different environment with him away from like the community and friends that we had cultivated in Portland that I was like, oh, this is not, this is a person who's in a lot of pain and wants to take it out on me. And I, I don't want that anymore. You said in the, in the pre-interview notes that he was kind of emotionally abusive. Mm-hmm. In, in what ways? Like, how did he, and you also mentioned gaslighting. Like, how is yeah. he messing with you? I will absolutely own that. Like, I think I used to have this certain, like, naivete. And I would interact with people in a way that I thought was totally fine. And then he would be like, why did you say that? Like, why did you respond that way? And so I started like double guessing all of the decisions that I made. And he once told me, um, if I could change one thing about you, which is like a great way to start a sentence, you know, like (laughs) if I could change one thing about you, it would be that you think before you speak. Ouch. I know. So, I mean, like that was, I was so stressed out at the time that it just like all compiled and I was so lost that it just like, it all blended into itself. And we would have these screaming fights where I would literally like in the middle of it, like my brain was so stressed that it would just wipe the slate clean. And I would have no idea what we were talking about. Like I I would like wake up in the middle of it and be like, I know we've been yelling for like 15 minutes, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was so, it was so intense. Yeah. It's and like, because I was in Portland and I was thousands of miles away from my home and my community, I didn't have real friends to be like, Hey, I don't that's think he's cool. great. You yeah. know, like that's not cool. So yeah. <laughs> okay. That gives, that paints a picture for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure yeah, yeah. it would be familiar to some people. So yeah, when you decided to go on this trip, do you feel like you were doing it because you hoped that it might make your relationship with John better? Mm-hmm. Or was there a part of you that was like, oh, you know, you mentioned something about, you know, borders and boundaries, emotional boundaries. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. Yeah, I think that I just knew that I needed a change. I knew that Portland wasn't it. And we had like kind of talked about, oh, when we're done with this trip, Maybe we'll move to New York. Maybe we'll move to Chicago. Like, I think we both wanted a bigger city. And, and I love Portland. I think Portland is really good at what it's at. But it, it at the time, it just didn't have, like, the level of ambition I wanted out of a city. Um, like, Portland's great if you just want to work on your musical interpretation of Jane Austen books and, like, be a weed dealer. Like, that's fine. <laughs> and that's the place for you. But it didn't have, like... Now I walk around New York City and I like choke on other people's ambition every single day. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is a little bit more my speed. And um, so we knew that we wanted bigger things. And I think I was just so confused at the time that I needed to just leave in order to hear my voice again. But I will say that like the emotional abuse was so intense that when I would think, I would think my own monologue thoughts in his voice like I couldn't even think without it being narrated by him so I knew that I needed to find my voice again and I was like a little too codependent to like totally give up on you know the the wonderful relationship that I was in so yeah I just knew that I needed to like find my voice and I knew that travel would like give that to me Mm. if that makes sense and I was like I guess he'll come along because whatever so it was really your trip and then he came along for the ride yeah because the plan was that we were going to travel down to Costa Rica together Mm -hmm. and then he was going to go back to the states and I was going to carry on to Peru but we didn't make it any more south than Belize so yeah I think I ended up leaving him earlier on Um, Because we got to Mexico and quickly realized, like, this isn't great and just 
like cried on the streets of Oaxaca, like and screamed on the streets of Oaxaca to each other like a telenovela and <laughs> just like really got it out of our system. And then that was like the crazy thing was like we had this insanely cathartic converse like explosion in another country. And then once we like said all the things that we needed to say. He was like, I've always wanted you to be someone different. I've never seen you for who you really are. No, like he did weirdly own up to some of it. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's true. Like once that happened, we were actually pretty cool with each other. And we kept traveling for a little bit longer. So that was in that was in Mexico that you had that revelation and decided to kind of split up but continue traveling as friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we were still kind of, I think we were still physically intimate with each other. So it turned into like a friends with benefits kind of a thing. But we knew that when we left that it was over, you know, like when, when he went back to the States and I carried on, like it was over. And so we, we went to Belize together, I think for my birthday weekend and then we parted ways and I got on a bus to go to Guatemala and I was very sad because I had spent yeah, a year and a half with this person and I had invested so much in it but I I kid you not the moment I got onto that bus and the driver turned the ignition and started driving I could hear my voice again like the moment he was gone I like heard her again and it was funny because I was like I don't think I can do this like I don't I don't think I can travel on my own and then another voice was like, you've done way crazier. So just keep going. And it was like, yeah, it was like a, you know, a phoenix trying to rise from the ashes. And from that point on, so I did all, I stayed like a month in Costa Rica and then traveled down to Peru, I ended up like, I heard my voice so much clearer and all of the critique that he had been giving me, I was kind of able to finally like incorporate that. Like I knew that there were some things that I needed to work on. I just didn't need someone like shouting at me at the same time. Um, and so from that moment on, I feel like I, I became so much more aware of my behavior, but in a way that I felt like I was in control of it. And I kind of so also during this whole time, because I felt kind of anxious, I was like 24, 25 at the time. I was a little anxious that I was taking this time off to not work, but I wanted to make something of it. I didn't want it to just be like an eat, pray, love kind of a situation. I was like, I want to produce something. So I had this iPad and I remember I was obsessed with podcasts at the time. And before I left to go on the trip, I remember look, like scrolling through GarageBand and being like, oh, I could make a podcast, which makes like any NPR producer cringe a little bit. <laughs> but like, I really do appreciate that Apple created this like low barrier to entry. And so this whole time that I was traveling with John, I was like experimenting with this podcast. and I was having conversations with just totally random strangers that I thought were really interesting that could be other travelers I was meeting or locals. And I just got so into telling their stories. And again, if I go back and I listen to them now, I would be like, oh my God, I, I can't. This is this is not good. But I knew that Ira Glass has this really great quote. Oh, I love this quote. He's like, it's okay if you suck in the beginning because you're developing taste. And yeah. now and he says, like, isn't it something that you it takes a while for your ability to catch up with your taste? Something like that. It's something good. like that. It's, really it's so it just, when I heard that, I was like, okay, it's okay if this doesn't sound like this American life. So once John was gone and I had more time to like think, I got way more into collecting stories and finding people and like learning how to have them open up to me in a way that felt not invasive and in a way that felt very comfortable with them. Cause I think that we do have some like more intense conversations and like that's where I want to be all the time is like I don't like small talk like I want to talk about your fears <laughs> like mm -hmm. so it was just like that was all of a sudden this this whole new outlet for me creatively and 
I mean, like I'm still, I just realized that I, I loved telling other people's stories and that I also love telling my stories. And again, like I really found Mm. my, I fully found my voice after that. And then I came back to the States and started producing this podcast and I'm like, I guess what, five, five, six years into it. And I love doing it. I've loved producing Strangers Abroad. But I think for a long time, I didn't know if I was a traveler first or a storyteller first. And I think I'm a storyteller first. Mm. And I really enjoy telling my own travel stories. But I think a part of me is like, I think I want to tell different things. And that's what I do a lot on stage is I don't, I have a lot of travel stories that I tell on stage, but a lot of them are about my family. A lot of them are about romances or just like bizarre things that have happened. So I just, I don't know. I just love, I just love telling stories, but I don't, I don't know of any other way that I would have figured that out if I didn't book that one-way ticket to Mexico. Like, I don't know what the parallel universe is there, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you also just need the the headspace to start to actually see things from a different perspective and to be able to, I don't know, invest, do a bit more exploration and like self-interrogation to know what your interests are and what direction you want to take next. Totally. And I think one thing that I also saw when I was in Latin America was I knew I liked making people laugh. And that was kind of like the first inkling of like, oh, that feels really good. And I will say like now doing like live performances, there is no high that equates making an entire room of strangers laugh. Like that is like if they bottled that everyone would be addicted to it immediately. So I also kind of feel like there was a seed there for being funny about it and just figuring out how to make light of like really intense situations without taking the intensity away either, if that makes sense. Mm, like being does. like there's, there's humor in everything, but also like the, the reason I like storytelling versus comedy is like, I want to be able to have that emotional honesty with my audience. I don't want to just be like, LOL, he gaslit me, you know, like that's not, I want to be able to have some truth and some like sincerity to it and then have a joke mm-hmm. following it. So, and I think that that has started to come across in my writing when I like write for the page or when I do podcasting as well. It's just like leaning a little bit harder into that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love writing so much. <laughs> I can also really, I get so much performer energy from you. So I'm, I'm not surprised that you feel at home on the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last year, with not being able to, like, travel or be on stage, which is, like, the two things that I only want to be doing, it was, a, it was a sobering, it was a sobering time. Yeah, I'm sure. So I had, in, I think, season two, I had a lady called Amy Chan on, who mm-hmm. is the founder of a company called Renew Breakup Bootcamp. And yeah, so they, she offers these kind of heartbreak recovery retreats. Wow. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you think there's something to the fact that, I don't know, something to the fact that when you can get away from everything, like maybe travel does actually help you to heal your broken heart. Did you feel like that was your experience? Oh, totally. Well, I think that there's something like I haven't gone back to Portland since. Like I, I've lived in New York and I've been like had my heart broken in New York and it's it's really hard to like go on certain trains or like go to certain neighborhoods because you have so many associations. The city is haunted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like couldn't mm-hmm. take the Q train for like six months, <laughs> you know, because um, I was like, oh, that's so and so's train, and I can't, you know. I'd I'd walk by like St. Mark's Place and my heart would just start like pounding because mm. I didn't know if I was going to run into someone. So. I think that there is something about like healing your heart around in a place that you have no association with that person. Because I, 
with like we broke up in Belize, but then I immediately went to Guatemala and like, yeah, I was sad, but I think I was also just trying to figure out like who I was and I needed that own like space and quiet time. So I definitely think that, and also like upon further reflection, like I wasn't really in love with this person. You know, I wasn't like, I think what I was mourning was the fact that I had spent so much time on this person who was not good for me. And I think I was more upset that I I felt like I had wasted time. But if anything, I was just like learning a lot of stuff that I needed to know in order to be in a really healthy relationship. And like, I am currently in like the healthiest and most loving and compassionate relationship I've ever been in. And it's amazing every single day. And I can't, I can't say that I would have had this if I didn't go through that too, because there were just some things that I learned the hardest way or one of the hardest ways. But yeah, I definitely, I like have taken like leaves of absence after a breakup. And I like that idea. I'm really fingers crossed. Hope I never go through another breakup again. Like we're hoping that this is it. <laughs> this is the one though. Um, so, but I will recommend that to friends. Who, <laughs> um, who like might yeah. need a little bit of assistance. It's such a great idea. I love it. Do you mm-hmm. think that you would have started the podcast if you weren't traveling solo? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I started it when I was with him, but I don't, I just knew that at the time I, I was just so lost in my own creativity. And I, I just like the whole blog world wasn't calling to me. Like for some reason I didn't, I think I felt more comfortable using my voice because I had used my voice as a teen when I was acting to express myself creatively. So I think that the podcast just kind of like hit that it struck a chord a little bit deeper. And, but then eventually once I started, like with each episode, I interviewed someone and then I bookended it with my own stories. And then I just started seeing that like, there were a lot of really interesting writing opportunities, like writing for other blogs. And that's like, the podcast definitely came first. And then it eventually evolved into like writing for the web and then eventually it got into like live performances. But I have no idea. I like to think that I probably would have started something, but I think at the time travel was so tethered to my identity that that's like all I wanted to talk about. And I noticed that other people weren't talking about this like internal aspect of traveling is like I'm not just exploring and gallivanting around the world like I'm going through some really intense shit and I'm going through some really crazy corners of my own internal world that are not illuminated when I'm at home Mm -hmm. so I don't know everything just kind of fell into place but you're a big fan of of solo travel right you've you've Mm -hmm. done a fair amount of it what is it what is it you love about it I think when I was younger, I loved the sense of independence. I love the sense of I'm able to do exactly what I want, when I want. I can hang out with people. I don't have to hang out with people. And I think that there's something like really fun about specifically being a woman abroad. And I can only speak from a, a white woman perspective. But I found that when I'm traveling before I leave, everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to get snatched and your body is going to be found buoyed by like bags of cocaine in the Panama Canal. And I've only experienced the opposite because I find that the world is way more protective than predatory. What I've noticed from my own experience is that when I'm alone and someone notices that I'm alone, they're like, what's up with her? Like, mm-hmm. why is she, is she okay? <laughs> why is she doing this? And obviously the like, where's your boyfriend question comes. And then I say, I don't have one. And they're like, well, I'm even more confused now. So I find that people are more curious about you and they watch out for you because it's, it sucks to have to go there. But like, I think that they watch out for you more because they know what the worst is. Like they know that the worst could happen 
and they don't want that to happen, you know? So they're like, I'm going to keep an eye on you. And I kind of feel the same way when I see other ladies traveling around alone. And I think also because I am not a threat by any stretch of the imagination. So people feel like, oh, they can come up to me, which is like a very, when it comes to identity, identity politics, like that's a very strange benefit because that doesn't benefit other people in other ways. It's like none of us should be perceived as threats. So I leaned into that and I was able to make friends in ways that I don't think I, I would have. So I really loved that. I just loved being able, because when you travel with somebody else, it's more about your relationship with them. Like I backpacked with like a very, very close friend. She's kind of the only person that I can travel with. And she was living out in Asia for four months. And when we traveled together, Vietnam and Singapore, and I did Thailand on my own, like when we traveled together, it's all about our relationship. Because like, I don't feel like people feel as comfortable, like penetrating a group of people. There's just something a little bit more standoffish about it. Whereas when you're alone, people are like, what's up with you? So I think that there's benefits to both. I think you really need to know the person and know what you want when it comes to traveling with somebody else. But again, it's just, for the solo travel stuff, it's all about, it's just times when I can't hear my own voice. So I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, and you don't have to make any compromises. You can do whatever you want to do every day. And it is, it is surprisingly easy to make friends and meet people. But the nice thing is that you can have that company when you want it and then be on your own when you want to be on your own. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good balance. I know one of your goals is to visit every country in the world. <laughs> Where are you at with that now? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm really grateful. I've, I've hit a lot of states this year, which I didn't anticipate. We drove out to Arizona. I've never been interested. In, let me back up. I've never been interested in traveling America until I was like forced to. <laughs> Force is an extreme word, but um, because of the pandemic. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I've always been so much more interested in seeing other places, and again, like seeing what is different. Like I love being in places that are so different than my own, and I think I've gotten really lucky. I've been able to hit continent-wise. I think the only one I haven't hit is Australia. Australia. I've done Southeast Asia. I've done Asia Minor. I hung out in Morocco for a week, so that counts as Africa, like kind of, <laughs> not really, but kind of. And then I've done all of Central America, Colombia, Peru, and South America, and then a good, good chunk of Europe. So I feel very grateful that I've hit, I've almost hit everyone. The places that I would love to go to next are. Iceland, India, and New Zealand. There's something about Iceland and New Zealand that seem like the most extreme parts of our world. And they're kind of like on opposite corners too. Um, but there's something like just... They have a lot of similarities now that I'm thinking about it. I, that's what, yeah. Like it's really, like a lot of volcanoes. I love a volcano. Oh my yeah, God. A lot of like thermal... Exactly. Like active energy. Mm -hmm. But one is like incredibly like lush and green. I think it does snow in New Zealand, but then the other one is like so much like snow and cold and like white. Mm -hmm. So those are just two really interesting places that I would love to go to next, but it's been really interesting being able to travel around America and do it in that road trip way where it's like really slow and you get to see, I love an evolution trip. Like I love going state to state or like country to country. Like one of my other favorite, like an evolution trip that I did was I went from like Turkey to Greece to Albania, Montenegro, Croatia, Germany, and just seeing like that slow evolution from the Mediterranean up to the Balkans and then up to like proper Eastern Europe was like, that's the coolest thing. So I loved taking this road trip because you just like drive mm. from Appalachia and then it goes into the Great Plains. And then like all of a sudden the Rockies come up and you're like, this is nuts. So also Utah, coolest state. 
Hands down. I think, I think so as well. I think Utah's the coolest state. I think it's totally, like, the Mormons kind of take over the narrative there. Um, they did a good job picking the most beautiful state. Literally, it is the most gorgeous state. So the place that we actually ended up in, we accidentally lived next to the largest polygamy community in America. Oh, fascinating. If I have time to tell the story, we lived on the board of Arizona and Utah. And, you know, there's just these giant, beautiful red mesa cliffs all mm. around. And then like patches of juniper bushes and sage. And it's just like, it's so striking. Like it's evergreens and like mint green and then red and it's blue sky. It's just like the most visually stunning area I've ever been. And so we rented this Airbnb in Northern Arizona. It was like this big ranch house and Sam and I are like all alone. And I call up my dad to be like, Hey, we made it. We're good. We're safe. It took us four days to get out there. And he's like, where are you right now? And I look on a map and there's like really no big towns around us. But I noticed that there's this place on Google Maps called Colorado City. And I was like, oh, I'm close to this this town. And he Googles it and he's like, huh, it's like a lot of polygamy there. And I was like, dad, what are you talking about? And I was like, also, that's not why Sam and I are here. Like, I just want to be clear. And I thought he was thinking of like, polygamy is like, poly in Brooklyn is like such a thing. And if, you know, that's right. great for those who do it. So I was just kind of like, oh, is there this like little hipster like cove up above us? But instead, that weekend, I kind of forget that conversation. And that weekend, I, I, I'm, we're going to go for like a local hike and we have to go past Colorado City. And we're driving around and again, just giant red mesa ant cliff. And there's this little town compound and we're driving around and there's all these like big houses. And I'm like, are we in the Westchester of Utah? Like what? What is going on? And Sam, my partner, is like, no, I think they're for plural marriages. And so they'd have these separate wings for different, different families. families. Oh, my God. And all of a lot of the women were dressed like Little House on the Prairie, like with the braid. And this was March. And so the pandemic was still like very in full tilt. And not a soul or her sister wife was wearing a mask. And... It was just like a really like, oh, my God, this is a very, very different part of America. I can't wait to see this kind of thing on my trip. I'm so excited. It was wild. It yes. was it was so insane. And so and then we immediately got into Big Love, the HBO series about <laughs> Pro Families. And it's our favorite TV show. But it was just really interesting. There's a really good podcast that you should listen to. It's all about the community. And um, but yeah, but we were mostly just there to explore all of the national parks and I had done the Grand Canyon but I was 13 and like a terrible person when I went so I like really wanted a do-over like I hated the whole trip and I was just not nice to my mom <laughs> you're and, like whatever it's okay yeah I was <laughs> like this fine. is a big like this is a big just a big canyon yeah, what's the big deal <laughs> exactly so I was like I would like a do-over I turned 31 <laughs> I felt like my numbers switched and I was like I think it's time I think it's time to come back um, so we did Zion, which was so cool. Zion mm -hmm. is so cool. We did Zion. We did Bryce Canyon, which was also like ridiculous. And then we did a lot of Grand Escalante. That was like our local area. And then we drove down to the Grand Canyon and did the Grand Canyon again. And it was like, I'm stealing this from Sam, but he's, when you see the Grand Canyon, when you see the first overlook, it's like that moment in Jurassic Park where you see the Tyrannosaurus Rex. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, this is it's jaw dropping. You're just so taken aback by it. And then we like drove in through New Mexico and please go to Santa Fe. Santa Fe is like such a beautiful, beautiful town. And then we so we drove through Santa Fe on the way in and then we came up through Colorado on the way out. And there was just, I went, I wanted to do this road trip because I was feeling really sad about the pandemic. And I just wanted to like wallow in this like existential feeling that I was having. <laughs> and I only feel that feeling when I'm out in the desert. Like the desert is not where I like being. Like I'm from upstate New York. I want to be surrounded by trees. 
So being in the desert, I'm always like, oh, this is so open. And like, I feel very vulnerable. But that feeling also came up during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, let's just like wallow in it. And um, and I actually just ended up feeling like so alive during it. And it felt so good to be on the move again. And it was really fun, like doing it with a partner and like someone who I really loved. And I think that out of all of my solo traveling, I've loved and been so grateful that I've been able to see so much and do so much on my own, but having it with a partner and someone who you like really care about, it just, it it totally enhances the experience. Because also he's like physically taller than me, so he can see things that I can't see. (laughs) But also just like we have deeper conversations and like, and, but at the same time, like, we, you still end up walking away with your own experience. So, like, I don't know. And I think I've kind of been looking for that. Mm. So. And you found nice. it. And I found it. I'm picturing nice. you guys, like, in the desert somewhere, holding hands, looking at the stars, mm-hmm. <laughs> having deep and meaningful, crackling fire nearby. I can Sounds send perfect. you the photo. I can yeah. send you the photo. <laughs> we would do, because we were so, like, out in the middle of nowhere, we would just, like, take all of the roads around us were like this bright red clay. So we would just like go for a walk and like watch the sunset and like have wine and just like go for our own little like Friday afternoon jaunt. No, it was amazing. And I think that that's like, for me, I've always been like travel is like non-negotiable. So to have someone who's down to literally pack up the entire car with audio equipment and like a weight set and whatever essentials that we think that we need like that's just that's the best you know that's a that's a beautiful spot to end on I think you had your your happy ending I love it yes before you go I'd love to do a quick fire round yes what's the one thing that you believe every person should experience in their lifetime definitely travel alone most popular answer really mm-hmm. good then you're interviewing good people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you could teleport anywhere for just the day where would you go and what would you do oh that's such a great question I have two places in the world that I feel my most like aligned most Adrian <laughs> the most Adrian yeah but I think if but I know how to get there and I know that they're not very far one is Prague and one is Mexico City so if I get this one opportunity, I'm going to say Mars. I would love to <laughs> start the colony. I would love, exactly. I would love to start the colony. Elon Musk is not invited into my pod. Like I don't <laughs> want that toxic energy around me. But no, I think I would, I used to ask this question when I would, when I would tutor is like, would you rather be the first person to go to Mars or I can't remember what like the other thing, but I just think that like, being able to see the planet mm. from that perspective and also like it's if I'm teleporting then that's super fast so that's great <laughs> exactly. um I'm not spending like weeks just in space so I think I would say <laughs> I would say Mars and I would just like cry probably <laughs> I would just like <laughs> I would just like hang out um but if you want like a real place that we can go to on earth I would go to either Prague or Mexico City those are like my favorite those are my most special places. And in Mexico City, I would get, I would go to my favorite taco stand and I would go to a Lucha Libre um, match. And if I was in Prague, I would go to, I think this is like kind of basic. No, there's this one bookstore that I really, really love in Prague that I've met some really amazing people. And it's like a bookstore coffee shop. So I would go there. It's cute. I like that. I will give you links to both of those. <laughs> um, what's the one thing that you never travel without? A notebook. I guess I kind of use my phone a lot now. Spoken like a true writer. Yeah. But no, my notebook, because I like writing. I do like morning pages. Oh, me too. I love morning pages. Favorite country to travel in? Mexico. Any tips for somebody who is curious about solo travel? If you've never done it before, go someplace that you feel like it won't be that big of a leap. Where you speak the language. Yeah. Really helpful. If you're an American, go to the UK. Don't, I would say Australia, but like it's so, like that's a huge investment. If you've got, if you've got two and a half grand to spend on a ticket. Exactly. <laughs> if you've got the time. 
So, like, the UK is great. I think that's, that. a, that's a good place. <laughs> also, there's such a sisterly love between the US and Americans. Like, we're both kind of entertained by each other. Yeah. But we're, like, it's similar, but there's these differences that are just so... I love when you guys call sweaters jumpers. I'm like, that that blows my mind. Like, that is... What about trousers and pants? Yeah, trousers is another one. Because <laughs> I'll be like, oh, these are, like, I got a stain on my pants. And they're like, do you mean trousers? And I'm like, keep talking. Like, say whatever you want. <laughs> I still discover new words that I, I didn't realize were different. And I still get a <laughs> kick out of it. And it's been yeah. eight years. It's <laughs> amazing. Airbnb, hotel, or staying with friends, and why? Probably either an Airbnb if I, I think I'm at the point in my life where I, I would like to do just the Airbnb because I like kind of having my own space to decompress. And again, as we started very sensitive sleeper now. Um, so I, I don't think I can sleep on someone's couch anymore. And as gregarious as I am, I actually am an introvert. So I need that like quiet time to like mm-hmm. unwind. Um, which destination is next on your bucket list? Probably, well, I am going to North Carolina, which I've never been to before, which is very exciting. But again, Iceland, India, or New Zealand. Great answers. All right, Adrian, thank you so much. You've been great. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. If we don't get to see each other before you leave off, I will give you like an awesome email of like what to do and where to go. Appreciate that. Love some travel wisdom from you. Yeah. You can find Adrian's amazingly vivid podcast, Strangers Abroad, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're in New York and want to see Adrian in her element telling funny stories on stage, follow her announcements on Instagram, where her handle is at Strangers Abroad Podcast. Before you go, I want to share the actual quote from Ira Glass that Adrian referenced in the episode because it's just so incredibly good and useful if you are a person who does creative work. Ira says, nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone had told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste, but there's this gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good, it has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase, they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have the special thing that we want it to have, we all go through this. And if you are just starting out or you're still in this phase, you've gotta know that it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is to do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you finish one piece. It's only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you liked it. We'll be back in two weeks' time with more inspiring travel stories for your ears. In the meantime, you can learn more about us by visiting fulltimetravel.co or following us on Instagram at full underscore time underscore travel. If you have a story you want to share on the trip that changed me, drop us a line. And please be sure to rate, review and follow so we can keep this adventure going.